Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. Today, we have an awesome interview for you with Brittany Elise Photography, who is an amazing family photographer based in Tampa. She also has helped countless photographers learn how to do in-person sales, how to grow their family photography business, how to build a studio-based business. So if you have ever dreamed about having a studio of your own or building something that really works for you and your lifestyle, maybe you changed what you wanna do with your photography business, there's just so much packed in here and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. My embarrassing secret is that I listen to way too many podcasts. It really annoys my husband because I always have an AirPod in my ear when I'm walking around when I'm getting stuff done I just it makes me feel like I got someone right there working with me or co-working with me so I am such a fan of podcasts so if you love this one I think you're really gonna love workflows by my friend Scott Wyden Kibowitz he interviews a ton of photographers a couple of my favorite interviews are the ones he did with Susan Stripling and with Fair Haristi there's just so much goodness in those episodes and I think you'll you'll find so many that are just encouraging and inspiring and motivating So if you've been looking for some other podcasts to add to your repertoire, I definitely recommend checking out Workflows. It's presented by Imagine. There is a link in our bio that gives you a freebie that we created, but also access to testing out Imagine, which is an awesome AI tool for editing. So definitely click that link, get the freebies from me and from Imagine, and check out Scott's podcast, Workflows. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. We have such a treat today because Brittany Elise Photography is here, and we're going to talk about all the things, how to build a successful family newborn photography studio, also what it's like to hire your first team member, and so much more. I know that we could just go on and on and on. So Brittany, if you don't mind, could you introduce yourself a bit more to the audience and let them know what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Brittany of Brittany Lee's Photography. I'm based in Tampa, Florida. I am a maternity, newborn, and young family photographer. Um, I've had my business for nine years now. However, I've been in and out of the industry for about 20 years. So um, worked for other studios and have a lot of knowledge and wisdom on, on that side of working more like the corporate portrait industry. Um, and then I'm also an educator and I teach photographers how to scale to multi six figures through products and not their time. I love that. Cause we all hit that, hit that wall where we're like, okay, cannot keep doing a hundred shoots a month or whatever it is to, you know, if you're priced at a certain place. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, your time is your time can be extremely, extremely limiting. And so really teaching photographers how they can allow the products to do a lot of the work for them. Well, I wanted to start out because I think people all want to make these moves into a more intentional business to create a really memorable client experience. Um, You know, most photographers, we're not here being like, hey, we're here to be millionaires. Like most of us really, really care about what we're doing. But what do you feel like is one of the biggest mindset shifts from doing a volume-based business or pricing um, more in like a mid-range, low-mid-range to then jumping up into this way of business that you're teaching? Yeah. So I teach photographers how to serve their clients fully. And so that's an, an entire encompassing process from the beginning all the way to the final steps of products. And I really think 
obviously there's a lot of mindset shifts that have to happen around your personal value of yourself, um, how you communicate with your clients. There's a lot of things you have to do in the process of building a business to attract those clients. Um, but I think for me and what I can say for my students and the students that have the biggest success are the students that actually just genuinely have a heart of service and they're not, they're not making these shifts in their business and they're not pushing themselves um, into a new direction out of necessity because of money. They're moving out of necessity because it's what's in their heart. And so I, I find that when you really have that belief in you that like, this is a piece of of what you want to provide to your clients. This is part of the experience and the purpose of your work and the bigger picture of what you do. The mindset shifts are so much easier because it's coming from a really deeply rooted sense of, of who you want to become as a business, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, well, what do some of those things look like? I think people have a hard time even imagining what a really um, – a really service-driven client experience might look like, or what if I can't handle that? Or what if my clients don't want that? Like maybe could you paint a picture of some examples of what a really beautiful service-driven client experience looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start by saying if you feel a sense of disappointment or let down in yourself when you hand your digital files to your client that's a sign that this is for you um, because you, you, you know that there's more to your work on that other side. Um, but what that looks like for us is our full service experience starts on inquiry. Even if you don't hire us and um, we're not going to send you some PDF guide and say, let us know if you want a book. Um, we're going to actually um, pull ourselves out from the crowd and um, offer to talk to our clients and, um, a lot of our, for our specific studio and our niche, our clients are welcoming their first babies, which is one of the most radical changes a woman goes through. Yeah. And so we really want to like come alongside our clients. We want them to look back at their memories and remember how they felt and not how stressful it was to capture a really meaningful moment in your life. And um, so we want to make sure that we allow our clients to connect to us and to understand that purpose. And we do that by a consultation call. And then we help even our clients with wardrobe and styling. We have a full client wardrobe. So when you hire us, you don't have to go shopping. Um, not a necessity, but I think at least assisting your clients. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who have no idea how to dress. They might wear scrubs for work or, you know, a suit. And then when it comes to like dressing for a photo shoot, they just have no idea where to begin. So so um, assisting in that kind of that planning process. And then we also do product design. I do custom gallery wall design as well as albums. And then we actually install our frames too, which again, isn't a necessity. It's not a must to the process, but it's really like the cherry on top for um, bringing in our like most ideal clients. Those are the clients that are just like, you know what? I'm never gonna get these printed. And I know that Brittany is gonna at least go all the way to getting it hung on my wall for me. Um, so it's just that like all encompassing um, and just sitting, you know, like sitting down and coming alongside them in every step of the process, not just kind of leaving a bunch of question marks or sending them 
sending them like some PDFs and a questionnaire and saying, I'll be wearing a blue shirt at the photo shoot. You know, it just, it's really creating a meaningful relationship with them. We are so aligned there too. Cause even though I don't do family photography that much, except for, for past clients, I'm like, man, the, the sooner you can make a real connection, whether that's in your marketing or on your sales call, like it just makes such a difference to the whole experience. And I love that you walk people through the entire thing to the end. And because I know how many times I've like, I have a whole gallery wall I want to hang in my house. It's not going to get hung for, you know, like we'll probably be moving to the next house before I'm yes. like, okay, I should probably do this, you know? <laughs> yes. And like, so often we like, we'll hear from clients that they'll have a stack of frames sitting in the corner and we're just like, listen, we're going to make sure it even gets hung. So don't worry. We got you. <laughs> and they're just like, it's a really um, easy yes for our clients that just, especially those who are aware and know that it's just probably not going to happen if, if they don't, if they don't hire us. So Okay. Here's the question. I'm asking it a little bit selfishly because I'm like, I don't know the answer to this. Okay. So I know that a lot of people, when they jump into this style of running their business, they're like, I want to serve my clients better. I really do want to have this beautiful client experience, but IPS actually feels like more of a time investment to me than doing more photo shoots. I don't know. Do you ever run into that? And what's kind of your response to that? Yes. So it's so funny. I, um, I am dying to like record a a free training on the truth about in-person sales, because I just think there are so many misconceptions on it. Okay. So what I can say about that is with Honestly, I think in speaking across our industry as a whole, niches aside, obviously, as you build your brand, most certainly can you charge more and you have more years of experience. But in general, most areas have a threshold to which people are willing to pay for just digital files without any of the fluff with it, right? And the, you know, when you, that cap that's really hard to break. And it's different from area to area. You know, somebody in New York city might be able to get something different from somebody in you poor Mississippi, you know, like it, obviously it's going to be variable, but, um, you know, the, um, you know, breaking through that, the difference is, is that you're going to get to spend more time per, per client per se, But the way I teach and what I teach in my business, I teach a value-based strategy. And so what that means is I allow the clients to determine what they value and I remove the cap that gets put onto your business that what I was just talking about, the cap that people are willing to pay for digital files, the cap that people are willing to pay, you know, for collections or whatever, right? I remove that cap and I teach how to allow to build value around the services you're offering your client and to allow your client to determine what they value. And that kind of creates, you know, no ceiling. So, um, so you spend, you do spend more time per client, but you end up having a significantly higher average than you would otherwise. So my average is about five times what my average sale is about five times what the cap of digitals are in my area. Like yeah. what I could 
And I know that because I was once a digital photographer, digitally driven photographer. So I've felt that cap myself. Um, so I know that there's no way I could even have the business I have if I, you know, I would still be exchanging my time for money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, totally. So for you, what is your, what does your time look like now? I know you have kids, you have lots of things going on, like, and for every person, it's going to be different, but yeah. if you're like, if I work with this amount of clients per year that gives me the life balance I want. I don't know. I, I think it's so interesting hearing what people's lifestyle looks like along with their business goals and what we want for our clients. Like what do what do you want for your lifestyle and how's your business kind of supporting that? Yeah. So I I love this conversation. It's a conversation I have with my own students because um, success is not on money in my book. Success it can be anything. Success might be um, the, the time with your kids, success might be um, not shooting weekends, success might be, you know, um, feeling like you're working with clients that fulfill your soul, you know, so um, success is, is definitely, I don't think only based on numbers. Um, and so for me, my success has evolved, of course, like what I wanted five years ago is different from what I want next year. Um, and so I, I do a significant amount of sessions compared to, I would say the average portrait photographer. However, I have a team that really helps me do that. And so while we spend about six to eight hours per client, only about three to four of that is spent with me and the my team handles the rest. Um, and so that has given me a lot more time back with my babies. I have three kiddos. Um, and so, uh, I am really protective of my weekends. Like that was a big thing for me with success is I'm not going to shoot weekends anymore. And I'm going to be, um, very territorial over that. Um, I'm moving towards not shooting sunsets anymore. That's my new, that's my new vision of success is to have the same, um, productivity as a business and to have the same volume but for it to look like where I'm not the one out at sunset doing it. Um, so that's, that's where I'm in the direction I'm going to. And last year, um, I really set out to become very efficient as a business. I mastered time blocking last year. Like, like I, I need a trophy for it. I'm so proud of how well I learned how to time block. So, um, and just to be more efficient as a business. So for me, like success is really around, um, allowing my life to feel fulfillment from my, my work. Um, I don't want to be working to live. I, you know, I want, um, to not feel like my business owns me. And I think that those are, I think we as creatives and business owners, we start to feel like our business owns us, runs us. We're like constantly on our phones. We're constantly checking our emails, we're feeling like, feeling like we're at the mercy of our clients and like saying yes. And how quickly you respond to a lead. And I have really been able to, um, not carry those feelings anymore because of my team and because of the boundaries that I've built in my business. Thanks for sharing those specific boundaries too. Cause I think a lot of times where we tell ourselves, Oh, I could never not shoot at sunset or I'm just going to be working weekends the rest of my life or whatever. And 
I really do think one of the beautiful things about having a business, and we talk about this all the time on this podcast, is you really can design it based on what you value and you'll attract the people that share similar values to you. And that makes for such a fulfilling, uh, you know, such a fulfilling life. And, um, and I just love that you're an example of that too. So what has building a team looked like? I, um, I, and so I, I've, I have a small team now, but have, you know, struggled with the um, bringing on extra people or outsourcing or letting go of control. Like, what has that looked like? Have you had any hiccups in the process or, um, you know, yeah. what does your support team look like right now? Ooh, yes. and the other one, do you outsource anything at home or is it all in your business? Oh my God. I love this. I love this talk. Okay. So part one of that question, I actually was sharing about this on my Instagram. And I have these really cool secret stories that only photographers can see. Um, so if you're listening and you want to see my secret stories, DM me. Um, but basically I was going through and I was talking about like how to, um, like people were asking about my in-house editor. I have not edited a session in one year. She actually came to me. She goes, I've been here a year. Did you realize that? And I was like, no, I totally didn't realize that day had come and pass. And I was like, oh my God, that means I haven't edited wow. You know, so like that in and of itself, like going back to like what success looks like that for me, um, you know, she came on in, uh, 2022, like that changed my life. She has changed my life. I mean, she is a gift to me. We are like, so beyond grateful for her because she's given me my evenings back with my kids to be present after school. Like, you know, cause you bring your computer home and then you're editing and like, you're sitting on the couch while your kids are playing or whatever. And that's just, I didn't want my kids to see that mom growing up. So, um, but building a team has revolutionized my business. Um, so, uh, I've always had an assistant. Um, I don't think you need to be full-time in order to have support. And you most certainly don't need to have a team for the sake of making more money. You can have a team simply because you don't like doing something. You don't like editing. You don't like calling outsource it. Okay. Like what you do. Like, so I I always like want to give people, people are like, Oh, I'm just, how do you know when you're ready? How do you know when you can, you can do this? And it's like, well, I'm not full time yet. So I can't have a team. And it's like, you just work that into your cost of doing business of what that employee costs. And you just delegate, delegate, like, I mean, 100% revolutionized my life. And I'm, I've, I've had a team, I've had somebody on my team or some kind of assistant really since the beginning. Um, but now I have multiple, uh, employees and our team is expanding even more and we're in the process of hiring. And it's so, um, last year, Um, last year I built a team within my studio where basically everything that I was doing is I was shooting, I would do consultation calls, shooting, and I would do my ordering appointments and that's it. Everything else, um, my team was managing from editing, calling product production, album design, product ordering, product receiving, installation, wardrobe and styling. I wasn't doing any of it. And it takes a lot of trust and finding the right people. But because of that, we like just shy doubled our revenue because what happened was, was it freed me up. It freed me up to be the visionary of the business. It freed me up 
to be really good at what I'm, what I'm good at, which is marketing and like finding, finding the ideal clients and bringing more people in. And it allowed me to take, take more sessions and therefore hit higher, you know, hit higher income. And so, um, thousand percent. And it's why we're hiring even more now, because when we looked at the numbers, we were like, holy crap, look what we did with the team. Let's keep running with that. Let's figure out how we can get, you know, my husband's like, what do you want life to look like next year? And I'm like, I don't want to shoot sunsets. I want to be home. I want to be home for homework. I want to be home for the important stuff. And he's like, all right, we're going to find somebody to start shooting the sunsets, you know, and it's possible to, I don't want to say replace you in your business because you can still be the vision. You can still be the voice. You can still be the direction and the path of the business and you can create that experience. Um, but you can have people who are doing those busy work tasks, um, and take over those for you. Mm -hmm. Um, the second part of your question was, non-photography. Yes. Do you outsource okay. anything at home in addition to your business? Yeah. So it, so it's, um, it's interesting. I I've had some conversations with my, um, some of my students about, about this as well. When we start talking about your why and your purpose and what you want your life to look like, cause I think it's so important. Obviously you need to make things measurable in any coaching program. You need to be able to like, but like you can make your time with your children measurable. You can make um, the number of vacations you get to go on because of your business measurable. So like, yeah. you know, I, I had one girl in my program. She's like, one of my goals is I want to save $10,000 to go to Disney World every year with my kids. Like that, like that was it. Another girl was like, yeah. I want to save, um, I want to be able to pay for my kids to go to private school okay, what's that number? Now it's measurable, you know? So like having those goals. And so, um, for me, like I, I like found that I would come home and I was like doing my laundry. I was like doing these things. And my kid, like, even though I wasn't editing or I wasn't working, I wasn't spending time with my kids. And, you know, so I, I very quickly outsourced the stuff that was like huge pain points in my life. Like if you're looking around your house right now and there are stacks of laundry, there are services that will take care of that for you. And they will come and drop it off on your porch. Um, yes. I had, a, I had a service called the laundry fairy. Um, and now I have a beautiful babysitter slash nanny who we pay her to come without, without my kids here when my kids are at school and she does our laundry for us. But, um, you know, so, and I think there's this sense, especially for those women who are listening we feel this responsibility that like we have to be homemakers in order to be labeled a good mom, you know? And I, I, I feel, I feel, you know, like just a lot of society puts that on us and just like, you know, what we've been exposed to. And I really had to come to a place of the realization that I wasn't being the mom I wanted to be because of the household things that I didn't have the capacity to do at the end of a working day. And so it was like coming to terms that my cooking and my cleaning and my laundry were not where were not in my mind as valuable as the other things I really wanted. And, and I think, you know, and it's okay. Like if you're that person who finds a lot of value in your household tasks, that's okay. But for me, that wasn't. And so like, I don't do my laundry. I don't do my grocery shopping. 
occasionally I run to the store here and there. Um, I don't do my grocery shopping. Those were two of the first things that I outsourced. And like now, um, my, um, something I, I'm really blessed to have a really supportive husband. Um, but when he realized, you know, he kind of stepped back and he's like, Holy crap, look at what Brittany can achieve when I like really help her with these things. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's get more of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, we had like a really not to get like too much into my personal life, but we had like a really hard, um, right after my second child where I, I just really felt like I was wearing every hat in our house and I was building a business and I was doing all the things. And it was just, it's like really, really hard. And, you know, I just said, I'm doing this for me, I'm getting a laundry service and I'm doing it for me and you can like it or leave it, <laughs> you know? And then he had this realization, like I brought that to myself and I, I gifted that to myself and it was huge. So if you're here, if you're listening to this right now and you feel like that's you, I just want to challenge you to give that to yourself, to give that gift to yourself, to be able to be present in the places in your life that you feel called to be. And it doesn't have to be cooking or cleaning or, you know, whatever. So I love that we're having this conversation because there was, there was a time where I posted on my stories. I was like, here's all the things I've outsourced at some point, food prep, cleaning, laundry, you know, um, things in my business, VA, editing, all these things. And people are like, I had no idea. I'm like, listen, I never want to make you make anyone else feel like everyone else is out there doing all the things because mm-hmm. it's not actually possible unless we're like, yeah, to build the business <laughs> and be the mom you want to be and do all the things at home. That's that's three CEO positions. And so I've seen, um, I've seen such great examples and some of my clients, actually, some of my photography clients who have a household manager. And I'm so mm-hmm. inspired by that. Cause I'm like, like, Hey, I'm a CEO of a big company and I want to spend time with my kids and I don't have time to be the CEO of my house. And yeah. that's the, you know, not the thing that I want to be spending my time doing. So I think that's yeah. so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Kristen, so you've been working coaching creatives for years now, and I'm sure they come to you with like all sorts of struggles that they're having as far as, you know, moving their business forward. Blogging seems to always come up. I'm curious what you give as far as tips, what you use for blogging, and if there's any way that you've found to like make it a little easier to sit down and get that done. Totally. Blogs can be super huge for SEO and also through Pinterest or different ways that people can find you. So I always say first, like think about what your ideal client would be Googling. And so if you can create a blog about venues you love or locations you love or tips or um, destinations that you love, anything like that, that they might be Googling is huge for SEO content for your blog and can help more of your ideal client to find you. Also, be blogging your work because I think people want to see what you're up to recently. Trends are changing constantly. They're looking for fresh inspiration. And so we have been loving when our clients use pick time because they can really easily pull a blog right from their gallery, curate it to exactly what they want, copy the code, paste it in their blog. I've been doing this with mine too. And it just makes it go so quickly. I can just build it into the end of my workflow. Once I deliver a gallery, 
I can make my submissions for different, you know, magazines and blogs that way. And I can also blog on my own page and it just makes it so quick and easy to be able to do it all in that same interface there. So I've really been loving that. And those are two of the main ways that we've seen blogs really help photography businesses. Yeah. They do AI, right? So if you struggle with writing for your blog, it kind of can give you prompts and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, they just rolled out an AI feature, which is really great. You can kind of enter a few keywords and it'll and pick like what kind of voice you want it in. And they'll give you just a really quick, simple typed out thing using those keywords and the vibe of your business to um, to write some copy for the blogs too. Because I was always like, Megan and Josh are great, you know, and I never knew what to put for blogs or I just wouldn't put any words at all. And so having the AI tool that really helps you add in those keywords so that you're more searchable um, also makes it super, super easy. So if you haven't tried PickTime yet, highly recommend. They are a lovely partner of this show and they've given us a code for first time users, Dangerous Creatives, you can get a free month um, of their software. So definitely recommend testing it out and seeing if it's worth the switch for you. Well, I'm also wondering, you know, as people are making some of these shifts, what do you think is one of the biggest things that keeps people from taking the leap or you get kind of held back from saying the thing that you want or putting out the pricing or making the big change in your business? Um, Where do people get stuck? Yeah, well, I definitely think that you have to obviously make mindset shifts and you have to be able to have the vulnerability to receive the coaching. When people tell you that this is what's holding you up, realize that that's something you're going to need to work on, you know, whether that be in belief of your own value, whether that be, um, peeling back the layers of how you communicate things effectively, you know, um, so you really have to be able to be willing to receive um, and, and to be willing to make changes. I think a lot of times people move into the full service space or join a coaching program and have all of these hopes and aspirations and they think it's some plug and play system. And most certainly, are there pieces of it that you could essentially plug and play into your business? Yes, but then there's going to be work to be done. And that's not just busy work. Sometimes that's hard work on yourself. That's being exceptionally like, um, like willing to listen and willing to grow and willing to be uncomfortable, you know, to be able to get to that other side. Um, and so I like, you know, I think about my students and I think about the successes and the the people who maybe didn't um, make it all the way through to the other side, or maybe they tried, but then they, they turned back very quickly. And I really feel a lot of that comes down to that like internal work of saying like, I have to figure out like why my ability to convey my value is not there. I have to be willing to like be critiqued and then listen to the critique and problem solve how to be better the next time, you know? And that's, that's the hard work. Like that's not the busy work. That's the hard work. Um, and I think that's probably like the, the 
biggest thing I've witnessed people not actually get to the other side. It's like what holds them back is usually themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all relate to that. I know. Have you, have you had something where you, um, you held back for longer than you probably wanted to, or, you know, you look back and you're like, oh man, if I had taken that jump sooner, <laughs> you know, yep. not that you, not that you ever want to be like, where would yeah. I be now? But <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll like open book, share it. Okay. So I remember I've coached now since 2020. And I remember I had a girl in my program. She'd been in business like triple the amount of time. I was like slightly intimidated. I'm like, damn, this girl, she's got years on me in the game and I'm going to be her coach. She can't, she like said to me privately, she's like, Brittany, you need an editor. Like you need, like you need this, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And like immediately here I am. I'm a coach. Like I'm a coach. And I was like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but, and I was giving all of these excuses. Oh, I've tried. They can't match my style. Oh, I've tried. And I can't find somebody with like the, you know, the ability to whatever, you know, I like every excuse in the book of why this would never work. And I remember like vividly having this conversation with her and like, um, and I was just like, God, what a fool am I? Like, here I am, I'm a coach. And I'm like, I can't, like, I need to practice what I preach. Like, I got to do the hard work that I was like just talking about, right? Stop making excuses. And then I had my third child. I remember going to my husband and I was like, I will not live my life like this anymore. And I will either find a way for this to come off my plate because it's becoming toxic to my family life to bring my computer home. And I, to this day, Chloe changed me, my third, like, and I get emotional because like my first daughter, she's my second. I was like, oh, she's the girl I always dreamed of. You know, I always dreamed I'd have a little girl. And then, um, and then I had Chloe and I say, Chloe is the girl I never knew I needed. Like she literally changed my business. I mean, I, if you look from the time she was born to my numbers, she challenged me to break down so many walls in my business. And I really feel that that, that gave me the drive that I needed to get over all of my excuses. Um, so it's true. It's there. Um, and you, you know, obviously you have to push and sometimes I think you have to kind of hit a wall, uh, to really break down the barriers. And for me, that was, that was Chloe. So I love that. Yeah. I think so often it's easy to be like, Oh, kids are so expensive having kids. What will they do to my business? And I had a similar experience my when I had my son or even in preparing for him, I was so courageous in some of my business decisions because there was something really important to me on the line. And so I think kids can bring in so much abundance to our business because it makes us really decide what's important and make those scary choices because they don't feel as scary anymore. Something else feels something else feels bigger, right? Yeah. I um I uh heard um, one of my friends that I met in a mastermind told me, she's like, Oh, I read this book and I can't think of the name of the book because I didn't read it. So forgive me if anybody knows the book I'm referring to, but she said, every time you say yes, you visualize what you say no to. You visualize for me, that was my kids. Um, 
And, you know, I can, the whole making courageous, I wouldn't have my business right now. If I didn't have my son, I was a NICU nurse. I had a great job. And the minute I had that kid and I looked at him, I was like, I'm going to do this for him. Like, I'm going to show my kids what it looks like to follow your heart. And like, if I leave this earth and this whole thing was a flop, at least I showed my kids what it means to be absolutely in love with what you do, fully invested, like just following your heart, not following the path that like society told you you needed to do, but like following your dreams and your heart. I'm like, that's it for me. And so literally I had him my first day back from work. I, after my maternity leave, I put in my two weeks notice. I love <laughs> that so like, much. I was like, like no. and I, I call in my program, we call it burning your boats. And when you burn your boat, when you burn, you know, whatever is keeping you from taking the island, as they say, when you do that, you will swim as hard as you can. And you will like, and that was it for me. Like I needed my, my nursing job was a safety net for me. And it was really, truly keeping me from my greatest potential. And it took having Maverick to just be like, screw it. I'm doing it, (laughs) you know? So. I love that. I love the, I've heard the, I've heard the burning the boats thing before. And I'm like, that is such an epic um, visualization of just like, you're leaving it all behind You're There's no going back on this decision. Cause um, I don't know it, when you're talking, you are so self-assured, you know what you want, you go for it. Have you always been that way? Or was there a time where you really questioned what you wanted and what you wanted in your business? Um, I think, um, and it's funny because I've had my students say that like, oh, or even Darcy mentioned that to me, like, you're just very sure of things. And I think I'm very unsure until I am sure. And then I'm very convicted in that feeling. And like right now we're in the process of buying a building and I'm not going to lie. I am scared AF right now. And I don't know if this is the right decision And I just went on my social media, was pulling my followers. Will you even travel to this location? Like, does this seem far, you know? And I'm really unsure of this. This is very, very, very scary to me. But I know that it's the next step in our direction. It's the right decision from us, from a growth perspective, from a long-term perspective. Um, So yeah, I think there's times where I am scared a lot like right now with buying a building is really, 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 really scary. But I just know that like, I'm very much a person of looking at like looking at the evidence. I think a lot of times this comes from being a nurse is like, you know, in healthcare and in general, you're doing everything through, you know, your, your practice is all based on evidence, evidence evidence-based research. Right. And if the evidence is there, then the decision is clear on the path that you should take because you're, you can't guarantee any result, but you're taking the steps based on the evidence you have today. Exactly. And that's really how my business has evolved. You know, um, in 2020, I made two really big decisions to remove some stuff in my business. And you look now at the data and you're like, that was a good decision, you know? Um, and so now I, I, I like teach that and I really, I really strive to like, I think that what I learned as a nurse and building your practice through evidence-based research, I do that in my own business. So like sitting down and being like, 
let's look at the numbers. Let's meet with accountant. Let's meet with a tax strategist. Let's actually sit here and say like, what is the long game? This is what the long game will look like with these decisions. And while it is scary, it is clear as day that this is the path to take. And based yeah. on data that we can look at through my business over the last nine years, we can confidently say that based on our trajectory, there's no reason why we can't do this. It's just, is this the right spot? That's <laughs> really where we're at. Is this the right building? Is this the right property? And it's still scary. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm absolutely terrified, <laughs> but um, totally. yeah. Those big leaps always are, right? And I love that you're pointing back to just the data because I, I think some people are afraid to do to do anything, but it's like you have to put in all this practice to have enough data to make the next decision. So you have to have those years of let's do all the things so we can have some information to base on. And then, yeah, you can get to decide what numbers you're running. And what I love is that you've shown us that at different points in your own life, maybe the revenue was one of the data points or your time with your kids or the um, amount per client. Um, can you think of any other things that you've tracked over the years or that you help your clients, your coaching clients track that you're like, hey, right now it doesn't look like revenue doubling is the thing that you really need to go for or that you want to go for, but let's look at this number instead. Like what, what are some of those examples? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, absolutely. I, I was talking to one of my coaching students, um, yesterday and she was like, you know, Brittany, I just like, I've done a couple of these sales and like, I just kind of think that it would have been better off if they had just gotten their digitals. Once I kind of backed out my cost of goods and I kind of, and I was like, yeah, but what you need to realize in this moment is that you're, you're, you're focusing on a number, but, but what, but what's going to happen is as these clients start to buy product, and while maybe it wasn't a really big profit difference, what it was, was a difference in the outcome for the client and that outcome of them buying an album or them buying frames is going to start to snowball and attract more of those clients and more of those people. Um, I had, uh, this past quarter, I hit a figure three times in one quarter that I usually only hit once in a year, maybe twice in a year. I hit it three times in one quarter and I stepped back and I was like, dang. But I think about her and how she's just starting, how she just sold one or two frames or she's only sold one album. And I was like, that was me. I was that person. But it took me maybe not making a ton of more profit, getting those frames into those people's hands and getting those albums into those people's hands to have somebody come to me and buy 10 frames all at once or to buy this massive gallery. I had to have those small clients to build the trust to have the big ones. And so it's, it's like, it's a small process. And so you can't just micro focus in on like one aspect of it. You have to also think about the long, the long term of how this is going to compound, right? Like compounded results is a huge, huge thing to take into consideration. And so, so often I think we just naturally, we live in a world of like instant gratification. Like you can have like food at your door in 15 minutes. You can have your groceries here yeah. in two hours. You know, like we just live in this world of like, we want it now. We want it now. And I tell my coaching students, this is an oven. This is not a microwave. 
Okay. We are slow cooking. We are low and slow right now. And you have to like realize that. And so I just think, um, keeping all of that in mind is just, is, is really like, is really crucial to, to the process. And you can't just focus in on, on like the short sightedness of things. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, I get really nerdy about numbers and financial independence and compound interest. And I am always kind of relating that back to business because I'm like the things that you invest in now, they do compound over time. And so you start seeing some of those gains at the beginning But if you keep going for a year, two years, several years, that's when you really start seeing the compound interest catch up on you because, you know, yeah, you booked that one five-figure, you know, product or photo shoot or wedding or whatever. And so one is awesome and you celebrate it. But then the more you're kind of building that, the more that keeps growing and compounding. And um, so I love that perspective too of, of, hey, there's wins you'll see right away, but you have to keep the the long game and the long picture and purpose of what you're doing in perspective as you're growing because it adds up. And it, you would say years, not months, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Most of my students will start to really see results once they get fully implemented within four months or so. And that's a statistic that I drew from actually surveying my students and looking at data. I'm not just saying that because someone told me that I actually surveyed them and asked them that. Um, Most within four months will already have the return on their investment and start to convert the clients and feel feel good about it. And then by six months, they start to really begin to have confidence and see the long-term the long-term of that. So, yeah, um, I love that. Track those numbers. <laughs> totally. I, I geek out on numbers too. And it's like so funny. Cause like, I didn't like math growing up, but yeah. I really like the, the, like looking at things like today, like we're trying to buy this building. And I said to my assistant, I need you to go figure out how many of our, like, I need you to get a breakdown of our zip codes. I need a breakdown of our clients and their, their zip codes. How many people live, you know, within 20 minutes of here, 30 minutes, an hour, you know? So I, I geek out on stuff like that too. I love that. Um, well, what else do you, are you feeling really excited about, passionate about how is your business evolving and, um, yeah, anything else that you want to share with us? So like I said, we're in the process of buying a studio, which is is really exciting and relocating. I'll have probably double to triple the square footage. Um, I'm also the co-founder of the Photographer's Framer. So that's exciting, helping them expand as well. Um, they're a custom framing business that is exclusive to photographers. They do fine art printing, custom framing, basically taking all of the beautiful things that a custom framer can do and putting out a really easy to digest very, very high end level, but exclusive for photographers. So helping them to, to grow that. Um, and then, you know, as far as my, my personal life, we hope to expand our family again. Um, so we just, you know, we have three, but why not? We feel like, you know, we sit down at a dinner table and we see a chair, you know, there's always a table for six and we're just kind of like, it just feels like maybe one's missing. So, um, and then of course, with coaching, there's lots to come with that. I I've recently hired my own coach and getting a lot of clarity around the direction of, of where I want to go with that. And, um, my mastermind, um, hopefully I'll relaunch it here 
um, in the later part of the year, but yeah, just trying to, trying to, to let the, um, <laughs> the giving, obviously, like you said, like, you know, giving yourself that space and that time to let things evolve, um, naturally and, um, bring us, bring us the clarity so that we can be really confident in the decisions. And so, um, and I know it's hard, it's hard as entrepreneurs. I think we, we, it's so stressful to carry all your success yourself, but you have to sometimes just let it speak to you. Let it, let the, let the, um, be still as they say. Oh so. man. Yeah. That's the hardest. Or I have to go on a walk to be still when my brain starts, um, buzzing. I'm like, mom is going on a walk. We're going to figure out <laughs> what we're doing next. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For um, sure. And my last question is, do you have a person, a friend, family member, business bestie, someone that you text your wins when you have something really exciting happen? Or like, who do you get to share your victories with? Yes. Yes. She, she already knows who she is. <laughs> my um, dear friend, her name is Lee Rips and um, her business is Fresh Light Photography. And we honestly, we found each other through a coaching program. And like, I joke um, to this day, I say that I paid $5,000 to find my best friend in this industry. <laughs> um, like that was like the biggest takeaway from, from that program that we were in. And she's just such a, such a gift. She was the person I, I, you know, I call whenever I need help. And of course I, I text her too. Um, when we obviously have great wins and she's, um, going to be teaching, teaching with me here in the summer, we're teaching a course all on custom framing design and how to create those beautiful gallery walls for our clients that grow over time. Um, and how to, how to guide the clients through that process and then actually organically create any beautiful design, no matter what curveball your clients throw at you. And so I'm really excited to get to like, have my business bestie go into business with me a little bit. So we're oh, teaching summer. I love that so much. I love that. Yeah. And we didn't even really get to touch on your other, um, your other business, but I love that there are, you know, I'm an, also a nerd about multiple streams of revenue, different businesses that overlap. And I love that yours all support each other and your passions and that the thing that really is the undercurrent through all of it is the things that you value, the people you value, and the way that you want to show up in the world. So thanks for being a dangerous creative and for being on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's been so fun to get to know you better. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was so much fun. And if people want to connect with you, can you point them to where you are on the internet? Yes. So um, BrittanyLease.com, obviously Instagram, Brittany Lease Photography. And then I also have Brittany Lease Education. Um, and then um, the Photographer's Framer is a, is a place where you might see my face because I'm really one of their ambassadors and curators as well. So um, if you're looking for those tangible aspects of the things I've talked about, that's where I am over there. Amazing. Well, we will link to all of that. Thank you so much, Brittany. And we can't wait to see what's next and to get a little behind the scenes on the studio too. I'm excited. Yes. 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 Follow along. It's going to be a journey because every single one of these buildings is like a shell. (laughs) It's like a shell, gaping holes in the floor, wires from the ceiling. It's going to be a good old time. So definitely join over on stories. Be like Joanna Gaines of the photography studio space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just hope it I hope it turns out a glimmer of the beauty of what she creates for sure. Yeah. I love it. Well, thanks. Yes. Thank you for having me. 
This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community, and we'll see you again next time.